The Center for Minorities in the Mathematical Sciences presents Mathematically Uncensored. Where our talk is real and complex, but never discreet. This is Pamela Harris. And this is Aries Winger. And you're listening to Mathematically Uncensored, where I talk is real and complex. But never discreet. <laughs> Yo, what's up? <laughs> oh my gosh, so excited to get to start my weekend. You know, we usually record on a Saturday morning. Yes, 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 Chatting yes. Something like that. About yeah. Life. Yes. Life yes, as yes. a mathematician of color. That is right. <laughs> that is correct. What's going on? Ah, it's been such a interesting few weeks. So I've, you know, focusing on just getting math done. Mm. And, and, you know, and, and teaching my students abstract algebra. Yes. And I think I'm starting to fall in love with algebra again in a way that I hadn't experienced in a very long time. Oh God, go ahead. And just seeing the students like ask really wonderful questions and be super engaged has made me feel so much more engaged. I'm like, wait, why is that true? Yes. Let's work so what through does this fall in love, together. What does fall in love mean? But what does fall in love mean? Like, I so for me, it means that you know, I'm I'm seeing results that like I've known for a long time that I hadn't yes. thought about yes. in ages. Yes, that I've just taken for granted, you know, yes. that at the time when I was studying these results, like, okay, the first time I ever took abstract algebra, it was, you know, my my final semester as an undergraduate. Yeah. And I did not have a good experience taking that class. There was no active learning. The professor yes. actually hardly wrote anything on the board. Oh my God. They explained the dihedral group of a square of, 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 of a, a cube. No pictures. <laughs> There is no pictures. Oh this God. person. Okay, like I, I have this little iPod, iPod case right here, Eris. Okay, yeah. so I want the listener to imagine holding, you know, a, a die yes. and having a person that's teaching be sitting in front of a desk in the front of the room, sitting down with this tiny little object. His yes. was an eraser. Okay. His okay. was an eraser. Okay. 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 And then he would just say, okay, well, if you imagine, and then he's pointing at the corners of the object, this yeah. is corner one, this is two, this is three, this is four, this is five, six, seven, you know, like yeah. six, yeah, 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 yeah. eight. And yeah. then you do this flip and that flip. And then if you do that three times, four times, look, you land back where you started. Yes. Yes. That's how I supposedly learned abstract algebra. Yes. Yes. And yeah. and then I get to graduate school and I'm just supposed to know some of this stuff. And so I'm like threading water just like not to drown. I have a kid. My husband's in Iraq. Yes. And and I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. What's the statement of the theorem? I don't even care about the proof. I don't even care how this connects to anything. I literally just need to know the statement of the theorem and how to do this exact these exercises. Yes. And for the first time, I get to just sit with it. Yes. With yes. no evaluation, mm. right? No one's like asking me to produce mathematics at this whatever speed they want me yes. to. Yeah. And 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 I have a group of students who are super like amazing and just yes. question everything and make me dot the I's, cross the T's. 
And for the first time, I just feel like I, I can, I am unstoppable. Yes. I can do everything. I love math and yes. it's challenging and we get stuck sometimes in a proof and we kind of go around in circles until we figure it out. Yeah. And that has just reawakened in me just so much love for, for mathematics in a way that again, I have when I do research mathematics, but I hadn't had with the, with like the field of algebra yes, in yeah. a while, you know, even though I'm an yes. algebraic combinatorialist, like I tend to go more for the combinatorics. Like that feels very safe for me, very, yes. you know, play with things. And, and the algebra part is always like, okay, okay. That's where the problems are motivated. But like, here's the kind of techniques that I like. And so, yeah, no, it's just been, it's been a good, good time. No, that makes me emotional. It really does, in lots of ways. Like I have, I have mixed emotions, and it's in part because it feels like. So, so I, I want to emphasize the joy that you just expressed, and I also am dismayed in terms of. I mean, I think you use the word free, and mm-hmm. it troubles me, and we should all be troubled that. It feels like you were finally free to really learn this after mm-hmm. you got mm-hmm. your PhD, years mm-hmm. after, mm-hmm. scores of paper later, papers mm-hmm. later, and and so and your story is so important to me because you talked about very clearly these other moments when you were given the opportunity to be free. And because of bad pedagogy and because of the stringentness and stress of qualifying exams, you were not free Mm -hmm. to learn this subject. Mm -hmm. And so I'm emotional because we've got to do better than that. Yeah. We've just just got to do better than that. Like, you can't be free to learn algebra, which is one, and I can't stand algebra, and that's my own experience. But it is... One of the foundational subjects in our discipline, you can't have yeah. freedom for it for the first time like 30, 30 years after you've first seen it. You know what I mean? It's not 30 years, right? but whatever. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, no, no, for sure. So I want to hit each one of these points very quickly. And we talked about this, but let us go back. There's no today, and people listening to us, let's just be clear today, pedagogically, you cannot be talking about the fucking dihedral group and you be the only one talking. Like, yes. yeah, I mean, yeah, <laughs> there's just no possible way because I, I, and so what I envision is, you know, I envision when the greatest teachers I've ever seen, Michael Young, in terms of active learning, bringing in objects for each group to have mm-hmm. and not saying mm-hmm. a word and just saying, tell me mm-hmm. what you notice. Mm-hmm. Just tell me what you're figuring out when mm-hmm. you do this and do that. Right. And mm-hmm. so like. And so, yeah, and so that reminds me of, of all the ways of how we need a serious interrogation of our proof classes and how we teach them, right? They, they need to go yeah. way more active learning than what they are today. And I get it, right? Because you get stuck in your ways and you've been doing the same way for 40 mm-hmm. years. But because mm-hmm. but I'm worried that the person you're talking about, I'm unfortunate. I, are they still, I don't even want to bring them up. They might still be there teaching. They might be dead. <laughs> That's true. They might be dead. No, but they, they might be there where long. you are now, right? So... No, no, no. I'm saying they might actually not be alive anymore. Okay, no, I understand that, but they could this also. A while ago. Yeah, okay, okay, but they could also still oh, be rolling, yeah. doing the same stuff. That's but true. yeah, but they, yeah. yeah. So anyway, and then like after that, it's like that was your chance. 
Like, you're not going to get another chance because then it bumps up against mm-hmm. qualifying exams. And now mm-hmm. we don't have time to play. Mm-hmm. There's no playing around, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. you couldn't play before. That's right. You can't play now. Now you can play mm-hmm. with no stress, no. Can we find spaces mm-hmm. where there's no stress before mm-hmm. 20 mm-hmm. years after? <laughs> like, yeah, mm-hmm. so so I'm happy and, about and that. Let me, yeah. yeah, no, me too. And And there's also some level of vulnerability that, you know, that I'm always willing to share when I, I forget stuff, like, I think it's interesting. Like, we've talked a lot about, you know, maybe how I'm, I'm strange in certain ways mm. that are that have been very beneficial for me in my own career and, and in my own development. And and certainly this, this lack of feeling like I am a mathematician has made it very easy for me to be like, I don't remember that. And I don't feel any which way about me as a human. Yes. Right? Like, oh, I know I learned that at some point. I'm sure I'll pick it back right back up. Like, yeah. I'm smarter now than I've ever been before. You know what I mean? Yes. I'm like, yes. so yes. if I if I figured it out once, I'll figure it out again. But there's something here that I also think is really interesting. And, you know, I talk to a lot of junior faculty when I travel and I visit and I ask, like, how's your semester going? And they'll say something like, you know, I'm a number theorist and I'm out here teaching, you know, I'm an algebraic number theorist and I'm out here teaching this, like, first semester, you know, real analysis. And I haven't done real analysis in, you know, since before grad, you know, however many years. And they're like, so I'm just like a day ahead of my students. I'm just a day ahead. And they whisper it, right? They're like, I'm I'm a day ahead. Like, don't let anybody know. You know, my chair can't know. The other faculty can't know because then they're going to judge me. And then they're, you know, they're going to remember this when I have to go up for tenure. And so what happens is like, we continue to propagate this like really negative behavior about how we're just expected to just know everything. Everything. Oh my God, yes. Right. Everything. Everything, anything you ever read or or learned or any exercise you ever did in your lifetime, you should just be able to recall it immediately yes. and yes. fast. And and I think part of what I also am, am saying here, being vulnerable, having been hired by a research one institution as an algebraist who trained me as an algebraist to come on the show and to be like, yo, I had forgotten how fucking cool cosets are. Right. Okay. Your girl out here like cosets for the win. Okay. Every day. Just excited about Lagrange theorem. Right. You know, just like the stuff that again is just like, yeah, 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 yeah. Whatever. Of course. You should have known that 20 years ago. Like, what the fuck are you doing right now? Right. And I'm just like, it's not that I didn't know it, but it's just like, as you said, this ability to be able to just sit down and have the freedom to just enjoy and learn for the sake of learning without the pressure of an exam, the pressure of tenure, the pressure of teaching evaluations. Yes. Right? Yes. Like, has it is just a freedom that I am not taking for granted. Right. I'm not taking it for granted. For and you. also, I just want to stress the fact that I'm just very grateful, extremely grateful in the way that this department brought me in. Mm. Because they could have set me up to fail like many other places do with their junior faculty. They could have said, you know what? We know you haven't taught a graduate algebra course, but we don't give a fuck because we need you to teach it now. So go teach this, this, this preliminary exam graduate algebra course ASAP because we need you because we hired it. We need an algebraist and we need you to step up and we need you to do it. And they could have done that. Yeah. And I would have done it. Yes. Let me just make it fucking of clear course. that I can do it. Yeah. There's zero doubt. Yeah. I can do it. 
But the pressure that oh I would God. have felt, because you already know what I believe about mentoring and what I believe about teaching, and I would have broken myself into pieces yes. to make sure that I was prepared, that their students are prepared, that they're going to pass their prelims. At, while I'm transitioning to a new institution, right, getting my family settled it. into yes. a new home again, and and then not being able to like enjoy the fact that I am home and that I have my family that I haven't seen in 10 years. And so the humanity yes. with which the hiring process brought me into this department, mm. you know, and I, and I remember very vividly, you know, the, the person that made all of this happen said to me, we're going to set you up to succeed. Here's how yeah. we're going to do it. And this is the plan. And the yeah. fact that they thought about this and, and the department has been nothing but supportive in making sure that I'm successful, I think shows that there are other ways in which we can onboard faculty members into departments yeah. when we actually fucking care about them. Yes, yes, yes. And yes. we don't talk enough about that. Right. We don't talk enough about that. About what exactly? About... About that process, the about process. what onboarding somebody yes. onto into a department and what it means to onboard someone in a way that is going to lead to their long-term That's success. Correct. That's correct. Because yes. what happens is we hire faculty to fill a void, right? We're like, we need this person to do X, Y, and Z. And okay, yeah, you find the best candidate, yada, 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 yada. Mm -hmm. And then you're like, good to go, bye. Okay, yes. figure it out. This is about what you can offer and what you can do, not about who you yes. are. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yes. Yeah. And so, no, so it's just, there's, I think there's a lot there, you know, to unravel in, in the years to come. Yes. Yeah, yeah. But how are you? Good. No, I, the two things that are on my mind at the moment, like, first of all, I went to the doctor. I was at the doctor. Oh, so. Let's pause there. <laughs> you went to the doctor, Eris? Oh, yes. No. I mean, I do go to the doctor. I go to the doctor once a year for a checkup. And then this time I, I went for my weight. I went to to, to talk mm -hmm. about my weight. Mm -hmm. And it was great because it was great to watch someone who's... And it, it, this is similar to what we were just talking about. To watch someone who's, quote, supposed to know, have no idea. Right? Like, my doctor mm. just was... just Because I was like, I want to lose this weight, blah, 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 blah. And he went to the BMI, blah, blah, blah. He was like, well... <sighs> yeah. <laughs> so, and he went in detail no. how difficult this is and... You know, mm -hmm. how all the possible things, right? So he mentioned some things that I had done before that worked really well. I'm going to try those again. And it's been working. I lost 15 pounds, all of this stuff. Mm -hmm. So that was nice. So the the thing that was impactful for me during that trip is that, you know, the nurse did her little pre-checkup before he came in. And mm -hmm. then she put this thing down and said, here, take this with you. And it was the colon cancer screening take-home thing. Because mm -hmm. I now I'm 45. I've woken up and now I'm 45. Now, there is a previous mm -hmm. episode in which I say, oh, I'm 44, so I don't do this until next year. There's some episode back. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so now that we're here, right? And so yes. now this thing is sitting, I'm pointing right to it, right? Uh -huh. And so I got to go get the stool and cover it and send it back in and all this stuff. And then, yeah, no, I had to think about that. Yeah, I have to protect my life, right? Mm -hmm. I have to protect my mm -hmm. life. And I started to think about a sense of urgency and just start to think about, yeah, my days are numbered and I hope the number is large and mm -hmm. I don't have a guarantee of either one. And so people who mm -hmm. are listening to me, I, yeah, I just, I've, I've started to have a measured urgency. And that is to mm -hmm. say that, you know, there are things that I'm trying to accomplish that I can accomplish, you know, in three years, but it only takes 10 days. I'm going to do that now. 
You know what I mean? Because, mm-hmm. yeah, I just... Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's some people who want to get stuff done and you act like you got five years. Mm. What if I told you you only had three? What would you do now? Yeah. Right? And so, so right. yeah, that was that that really got me going. And that helped with the health piece, too. Because I'm just like, look, yeah, yeah let's, let's just get our shit together because nothing is promised to anybody. So I'm excited. I'm excited about this new sense of measured urgency. Because I've always had urgency, mm-hmm. but then it was unhealthy. Right? Yeah. Like, like, let's do this. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. At the detriment of other things. But at the same time. The other extreme is just like, oh, I got plenty of time to do that. No, you don't. Mm-hmm. No, you don't. And I'm not going to turn this into the morbid issue episode, but it's just like, let's just, let's act like that we have things to accomplish and we have to do them now, right? So, yeah. so it's that. And then yesterday or this week, I, was, I did a panel on just equations about math anxiety. A shout out to them. Mm-hmm. And just yesterday on Facebook, and I haven't mentioned Facebook in a while. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so... On Facebook, what I, you know, I'm in, I, I teach all levels. And so what am I, I think this is a, this is a middle school Facebook group. And so they had mentioned, they had put one of these things that they always creates from, they put up something and they was like, how should I grade this? And so mm-hmm. it was a function and it was X over four plus three. And you were evaluating mm-hmm. this function. All right. So the student, so the student wrote the answer in terms of a mixed number. Okay. Okay. And so... And it was a funky mixed number. So here's the mix. So you know you have like four and one fifth, right? Mm-hmm, okay. Mm-hmm. So X over four plus three, the, the, the student puts in puts in 12. No, the student puts in, let's say, 15. X mm-hmm. over four plus three. So let's say 20. They put in 20. So X over four plus three, it's five plus three, right? Mm-hmm. They put five and three over one. Okay. And so they put five and three over one. And so then there's like, how should I grade this? And they do this for four problems. Instead of a whole number. Okay. Instead of a whole number, they put one whole number and another whole number over one as a mixed fraction. Okay. So this is what the sixth grader did. Okay. So now people are just like, how would you grade this? And then you know how they say, don't read the comments. (laughs) Don't read the comments. Yeah, no. So I started reading the comments. No, I started reading the comments. And people were like, well, they didn't simplify. They didn't take this off. I would take half off for this, blah, 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 blah. And yeah, no, it was problematic. And again, I came back. And so then coming off of this panel, this is what the anxiety, right? Because what we had concluded on the panel, yeah, is that when, and so, and so I came to the conclusion, again, people hear me. I came to the conclusion that people, that students, particularly sixth graders, but students at Mm -hmm. any level, people's contributions are precious, Mm-hmm. And let's just treat them in the most precious way possible. So I don't, and I, the other thing is, I don't know why giving them full credit and having a conversation is just not the option. I just, right. it is just so beyond me why you can't give full credit and say, oh, here is another way to do it. And here is the mathematical cultural way in which we write this. Yes. Right? So Mm -hmm. what you did is not wrong. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying that Mm -hmm. if we go out and have conversations, there is a community of mathematicians, there's a community of people who will write five Mm -hmm. and four over one as, and the Mm -hmm. and means add. So it means five plus four and it's nine. Other people write nine. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. Instead Mm -hmm. of, no, you didn't simplify. No, this is going to get marked wrong. Like, yes. Again, so. Yeah. I've been wrestling through that. 
it, it's it's reminded me. Oh my gosh, I'm sorry. I don't even know why I'm laughing because I remember how much trauma I felt after this. But I remember getting once, you know, during my junior years as a faculty member, getting, you know, one of my senior colleagues to sit in on my class to evaluate me. Yeah. And I wish I had the, the, the easiness of just searching the statement that was in this evaluative report. But the statement said, I would highly recommend that Pamela takes time to simplify what she does on the board. Oh. For example, she wrote N minus the quantity I minus one. I would have just written N minus I plus one. <sighs> and this was in my, and this was like, the comment, yes. the critique. Yes. And then I'm like, first of all, first of all, this was a combinatorics class and it was actually important that it was N minus yeah, oh the quantity. Oh my God, right. I minus one. Yes. Because the I minus one represented, represented a number of objects Absolutely. that we removed from a set of size N. Right. And then I'm just like, but clearly you missed the entire fucking point yes but then i thought this is this this is this yes. this is how it shows its ugly head yes like and even even with people with phds yes. you know so yeah, yeah yeah i'm sorry that poor i just imagine that being that sixth grader getting this back and being like but but of course i know how to do that like right. i just wanted to get through it fast because you've only given me five minutes that's right that's right or th so that's one possibility, but the point is that there's so many possibilities why they wrote it that yeah. way. That's why you have to have the conversation. Yes, I mean yeah. it's just like yeah. yeah, I just yeah. There's a reason why that's happening, and let's figure it out and forget about the let me critique you about whether it fits a form mm -hmm. that somebody arbitrarily mm -hmm. said was important. Yeah, I'm like yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, those are the two things that were going on in my head. Women's History Month. Yeah. My goodness, yes, I, know. I know. No, 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 no. Let's get to celebrate it. We've had some issues out there in the world and some organizations celebrating <laughs> Women's History Month. <laughs> so out in the Twitter world, yes. Yeah, so we go from Facebook to Twitter. There was an image that was put out by the MAA that mm -hmm. uh, had a bunch of celebrating women and they were all white women. And some mm -hmm. people pushed back against that. And yeah, I mean, I just, yeah, I, we talked about this in the production meeting there is, and, that, and it's still up. I just clicked on the link. It's still up. Now, people in response, now I had to read these comments. Let me be clear. I was, I had to tee uh -huh. in everything. So like, mm -hmm. yeah, so I, popcorn. And so one of the things that people say, well, why is it still up? Why is it still up? The longer it stays up, right? Yes. And so th there's something about that too. It still lives. But I, I think, again, as, as we have done, unfortunately, with images, we, we have a number of episodes where there are images that show up and we're just like, whoa, we don't see ourselves here. This is one of these. Mm -hmm. And we have to think about, we, we try to go deeper and dig. How is it that this came to be, right? And, and as you were so mm -hmm. clear about in mentioning this, that at some point, somebody, some set of people all looked at this and said, yes, 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 yes. And post. And post. Yeah. Yeah. And that series of yeses and post, yeah, that, that troubles me. That troubles me. And so mm -hmm. I, I just, and I hope, and, and this makes me hope that it was only one yes or two yeses. The more yeses there are, the more troubling it becomes. Mm -hmm. That like, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So there are two things, right? Obviously, I'm going to honor the people whose faces I see right now. 
they've, you know, mathematics is nothing without those women. Nothing, right? And that photo is not indicative of all the women that we should be celebrating. Mm-hmm. Now, that image, maybe it's not supposed to. It certainly feels that way mm-hmm. in the presentation and in the messaging mm-hmm. of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, when I, when I looked at this, you know, and I just, I just want to acknowledge like other people were, were very, very on it. And I'm really thankful that they stepped up and, and, you know, commented on it. I'm not on Twitter often enough to, to catch it as fast as other folks are. And so I'm thankful to them to call out when they see shit like this. The one thing that is, that's interesting to me is like when I look at the people who are featured here, it seems to me, you know, like I've interacted with with a large number of the women who are featured there. And the way that I've interacted with them has always been based on some of their editorial work, right? Either mm. the MAA Focus, the Math Monthly, Math Values Blog. And so when I saw this, I was like, it is, it's felt clear to me mm. that, that this was like a subset that they were featuring, probably based on the fact that you know, they're, they're women who are part of like the editorial boards ah, for publications yes. of the MAA. But again, context completely matters because when I read the tweet, you know, it says this month we'll be highlighting several women in mathematics. And then when you erase what I know, yes, then it's like, what the hell? Like only the white women. But when I put on my lens, I was like, oh, they're starting with featuring those yes. women who yes, serve yes, yes. as editors, chief editors, right? Like, yes. let's get this right. Like, these these are the bosses of these <laughs> right. publications. Yeah. They direct what is happening at, at that level. And, and it's important, impactful work for our community. And so I thought... There's a there's a sentence missing. Yes. Right? There's a sentence missing. This this month we'll be highlighting several women in mathematics. We begin with a subset of the women who help the publication process of MAA. Yes. Yes. And yes, then yes. okay, then I would be like, okay, I get it. You we probably still got to do some work. Why is it that that doesn't look diverse? Yeah. But this is already a big accomplishment because, you know, Chad Topaz and collaborators have done many studies, and, and we can put this in the show notes, about the, the really the lack of women and gender minorities who serve as editors of journals yes. in mathematical sciences. Yeah. That number is extremely low. I, if I remember correctly, their statistics is like less than 9% mm-hmm. teetering around there. Yeah. That is very low, extremely low. And so for the MAA to have a large number of women being the leads of these publications is a huge feather in their cap. Absolutely. But again, context absolutely matters. And there's definitely a check and balances missing for all of these organizations. Yes. For all of them. Every time they post something, is there a document, the practice, right? A policy that says before we publish anything, we have person A, B, and C independently will check. Does the language, Mm. is the language uplifting, supporting, right? Like you have this acronym, I think is THINK. I forget exactly, but like the way that you talk to people. Is it true, helpful, inspiring, necessary, and kind? There we go. Yes. They put that as the first thing. Yes. Is the language in this following the think method? That's right. Okay? And then it's like, is the image 
that we are using, whether it is a stock photo, whether it is actual people in our community, does it represent the people that we aim to serve? And then you get these people independently checking that. So then the person that's going to hit post on this can refer to whether it has been vetted and approved. This is not that hard, people. Well, this is yes. not that hard. Well, no, and this is, no, this is great because I think, oh, I hear them. I hear them. They're in my head. There you go. Is this a social media post? See, so so this is mm. good because, look, because I, this, it feels like a high wire act and people who want to do this work and who struggle and make mistakes like this might say, what do you want me to do, right? Because we're trying to do the right thing. And I get it because what are we? what we're saying is that, oh, all you need to do is add a sentence, and then they're just mm. like, okay, right. Just add the right sentence, put it in the right context, and it, and everything's fine, right, in lots of ways. But then we're also saying that if you miss a sentence, look what's going to happen, mm-hmm. right? And so it feels like this, like, okay, it feels easy because I don't need to do that much to just add a few sentences, put it in the right context. But it also feels like, oh, if I write this and miss a sentence, then I'm going to mess the whole thing up, right? So. And you- Yes. And they said they did. They They called it a mistake. Yes, they did. They did. But I don't see, you know, and they're like, we'll do better next time. So they certainly read Adriana Salerno's post on how to apologize. (laughs) That's right. I don't see where it says what they're going to do different moving forward. Well, no, that's, and that's, that's the problem with Twitter. Like what policy and practice is going to change. That's right. Right. Like what's going to change internally. Right. And the thing is that. Maybe we shouldn't be privy to what it is, what internal change is going to happen. But my thought is like, we should, because first off, these organizations exist because we exist. Correct. Correct. Yeah. There's nothing for them. There's nothing wrong with them saying, here are the the measures we're going to take. Like some of the things you mentioned, they can say, we're Mm going to now have a more vetted process about social media. We're going to be more critical Mm -hmm. of our method. Yeah, they can say that. That's not Mm -hmm. a problem. Right, they, mm-hmm. but they did apologize. Right, we deeply apologize for this mistake and for sharing an image that doesn't represent the diversity in our community. So, you know, it's out there. I think it's a message to everybody to, to just continue to be sensitive and think about, you know, and get more, more people engaging with the stuff you want to put out to the world. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, because it has impact. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <sighs> another month, another thing just like that's it, right. right? That's like, right. Yes, yes, yes. You know? That's right. That's right. That's right. Thinking about Women's History Month, one of our most powerful women is moving on to other ventures. So we have Catherine, who is leaving mm-hmm. the AMS as their executive director. We, I've had such incredible conversations with her. And she, you know, when I think about her work there, personally, I think about somebody who listened to me. Right. Like I think mm. about, yeah, I mean, so I, there were there were a number of forms in which, I mean, she took the time to look me in the eye and listen to my concerns. Right. And so, mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I, I can't repay her for that. I thank her for that. And that she, you know, in coming up and creating this diversity position at the AMS that, you mm-hmm. know, she her legacy is large in particular being the first woman <laughs> executive director of the AMS in itself is a tremendous mm-hmm. burden, accomplishment, all of it. And so she's been through it. I have, there's no doubt about it, right? In terms of, you know, I can't imagine being the head of that organization in terms of their everyday programs and okay. having to hear it from everybody, right? And, and maybe mm-hmm. being in a place where not being able to please anybody, right? And so yeah. I just appreciate her listening and, and bearing the brunt 
sometimes and, and taking mm, it and mm-hmm. trying to just do the right thing. And of course, when I think about this, I also think about Leona, but you can give your thoughts in a sec. Yeah, give your thoughts about Catherine. Yeah, I, it's interesting because I was not surprised that Mm. she was moving on to a different thing. And I think because of how much work and energy and I think, you know, effort that she has put into really bringing these conversations that are very difficult to have with an organization that has the history that it has. Right. And and to not be afraid to say, you know, we mess up constantly and we're here trying and here's what we're going to do. We're going to, again, hire... An executive, you know, a person that's directing the diversity initiatives of the of the organization to try to move that needle in the right direction. And so I'm I, too, am very thankful for all the work that she did. And, you know, on a personal note, you know, there was during my time at Williams is the the year where the diversity statement debacle, so to speak, came about. And in fact, I I don't know how much listeners know, but. Two opposing letters were were started, right? One yeah. in support of, of I don't even want to say people's names, but, yeah. you know, one in support of the letter that said that we, you know, that we should not have diversity statements when evaluating job candidates. Yeah. Full of, in support of that. And then another letter, which was like, no, this is an important part of being an educator and, and we should value the investment that candidates bring to the table in terms of of diversity, equity, and inclusion. Both of those letters were started by people at Williams. Mm. And so you might imagine what that would mean for somebody like me, who's a person of color in this department, having two white male colleagues yes. have this conversation, very heated national debate yes. and that both letters started in that department yeah. that I live in. And Catherine Roberts was the first person that called me yeah, and just asked me how I was doing. Mm. She literally mm. picked up the phone. Yeah. I mean, I don't even think I had ever heard my phone ring in that office, to be frank. <laughs> right. I was like, who's calling me from Rhode Island? Right, right, I don't know right. anybody in Rhode Island. <laughs> and I pick up the phone and, and you know, and she was just like, I, j- I just want to check in on you. Mm. I think that says who Catherine is, yeah. right? That yes. she yes, is yes, able yes. To, to understand that the role that she played as executive director did not allow her to pick a side. But she also is the kind of woman that has the kind of values that yes. understood that there might be some pain that I was experiencing. And so she reached out and we had a wonderful conversation. And, you know, a day or two later, I received a little package of fudge that she mm. sent me in the mail. Oh, that's beautiful. And so that's I, I just yeah. want to say, you know, we we come hard for the AMS. And sometimes yeah. we, we come hard with her and with yes. others at AMS yes. because we hold our leaders to very high standards. As we should. And we hold them to standards that we know they can meet. Absolutely. And, and, and I just want to say, you know... I don't know that Catherine met every standard I ever set for her, but I don't think it was for a lack of trying. Correct. I think it was just the system that she was a part of, and she did absolutely the best she could given the circumstances and, you know, the the other players in that game. And I just want to say thank you. Yeah. Thank you for for seeing me 
in a vast sea of mathematicians and for having taken the time, as Eris said, to just have that conversation and listen to us. Absolutely. And I think that's part of her legacy, right? I was about to say that. The legacy that she leaves having served that very large and important institution in our mathematical community. And it is a legacy not just about having been the first woman to serve in that position, but about having done it in a way that actually acknowledged individual mathematicians, Mm. in particular those of color. And so big shout out to her. And I wish her nothing but the best. Yeah, I mean, she's not retiring, her next right? Position. But yeah, she's no, 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 no in her next position. That's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, so, yeah. yeah, yeah it's so. time to time to make changes over there. Yeah, absolutely. So, no. So thank you, Catherine, yes. for everything. Thank you, thank you. Absolutely. Now, I, and I want to be consistent. Let me just be consistent. Now I'm worried about my sister Leona. Let me just be clear. I know. Right? So Leona. let me let me. Who in oh. the world? And again, I, I'm not. Yeah, I, who in the world is she now going to be reporting to? And, and so, th- so now that Does she you know, even have a job? Can I just say that? What you the say? Next executive director. Gonna, I'm like, is she even going to have a job? I'm worried that right. the next executive director is going to come in Absolutely. and be like diversity. We don't need none of that. Bye, no, of course, Leona. that's what I'm thinking. Of course, of course. Now, by the way, I hear Catherine listening to this. Like, I'm so glad I don't. I don't have to deal with this. <laughs> She's yes. Got to, so but yeah. I'm like, so, can you can you put some safety measures? That's right. You know, Absolutely. Your, your last executive order. That's she, right. That job is permanent for the next ten years. That's right. Please, Catherine, right. sign that before you yes, leave. Yes, yes. <laughs> oh no, because we're hearing in, in, in industry that these DEI jobs are now disappearing. Right, because now That's we're right. wearing off, right? So yeah, it's like we need another black man to be just destroyed in front of everybody to get back woke mm. again. So anyway, so yeah, so then now, I mean, when we think about, so now we have the whole AMS accountable for bringing in somebody else. So you know, who is going to just be as concerned about these types of issues? as Catherine was, even more so, if possible. So it's one of these things where, again, when we start to think about what's the scope of work. Wait, where's the ad? Do we know where the ad is? Oh, 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 oh I can't wait to see this ad. No, it's got, is it already out? No, because they're going to take some time. So. Okay, great. No, That's fantastic. Yeah. Oh, wonderful. Then we can talk about what should, what should be in this ad, right? So have mm-hmm. all of that stuff, commitment, all the stuff, all the stuff. And then... Have what does mm-hmm. this commit? Oh, what does the diversity statement look like? Are they going to give a diversity statement? Or are they going to get in trouble oh because some people are not going to want them to give a diversity statement? Oh, oh, wait, if I start I in trouble, I if I start wait. in trouble, yeah, yeah. So, I can't wait. are they going to ask for one? Should they? Emu at minoritymath.org. Bring the smoke. Yeah, yeah should <laughs> the new AMS executive director provide yes. a diversity statement? Yes, 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 yes. And no. Brainer. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to give away the answer. I, I didn't mean to do that. Yeah, but yeah, they, yeah. It's a no-brainer. Yeah. So I, I, I'm feeling conflicted because I want them to make the decision, but I also feel like I know what it is. I, I guess I have a right to my opinion, mm-hmm. right? That like, mm-hmm. yes, there's no doubt in my mind that the next executive director needs to write a diversity statement. Like it, it's just mm-hmm. mu at minoritymath.org, right? Write me, please. Otherwise, and and let us know why you feel they shouldn't. But yeah, yes. But also, what the job should entail. Like, I I think there's got to be some community input, right? Yes. And so yes. people should email us. Like, we can gather what other people well, who pay that. memberships to the AMS. What yeah. do they think the the role of the executive director also ought to be? 
Yes, absolutely. I love that. I love that. No, and it's true. Thank you for saying that because I had taken it for granted. I was just like, I know they're going to say all the stuff they always say for every opening of every leader. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, I was only focusing on the place where we think is extra, which is actually most important, and is the, the DEI mm-hmm. space. So, yeah, I mean, you're right. Let's let's get minoritymath.org is the email address. Let us know all the things about your expectations about this next position, because it's an important one. This is the person mm-hmm. who runs JMM. This is the person who does all sorts of stuff. So this is going to impact, mm-hmm. you know, our mathematical experience over the next N years, right? Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, no, I, yeah, I'm excited about the types of diversity statements that need to be written for this position. Like, what does it look like? What does mm-hmm. it say? So, yeah. 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 I'm eager. I'm eager to see what that says. Once it comes out, I'm sure we'll we'll be able to chat about that. Yeah. 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 So so we're going to do. Do we endorse some candidates for this position? <laughs> oh, I love that. <laughs> I, I need to see that diversity statement first. Yeah. 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 So we got to make sure it's not chat GPT verified. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that is. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I um, mean, I said it during production meeting. I was like, I think Eris Winger. <laughs> Let's go. Yes, and I, I laughed in the production meeting like I'm laughing right now. Absolutely No, not. it's this no, time. No. Let's no, go. No, it is not. To, no, Let's go. Not, no, this is good. So I am with the National Association of Mathematicians. I just want to be clear about that. Uh-huh. So, yeah, I have a commitment. That, that's to totally them. fine. I I didn't say that you'd leave them at all. No, so I will... I say you do both. No, no. first of all, I'm not doing both. No, I'm streamlining. Remember, <laughs> measured urgency. I have a measured urgency. So yeah, so the president... So I, I got this like crazy news and it's not even news. I should have already known this, that our president will be leaving next year, right? Her term will just be up. Oh, really? Her term will just be uh-huh. up. Right, so and then like, mm-hmm. I'm going to be like, yo, you set me up. Like we were supposed to be coming in and leaving at the same time. Yeah, you know, one of the, there's something on her agenda we got to get done, right? And it is for mm-hmm. NAM to be an organization that can receive its own grants and be NSF approved to do all of these things. This is a big, and mm-hmm. you know, when we talk to our treasurer, this is a big thing to do, right? It's a it's a mm-hmm. longer process than what we realize. So that's gonna be one of her legacies that she leaves mm-hmm. this place, and we can just start applying for grants because we broke nam-mass.org. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we aren't the only ones that are broke. But I'm just saying, we broke. Yeah, mm-hmm. we need you all to donate, become members, all of that. Mm-hmm. And so when she leaves, she wants us to just be able to be like, we're applying for this, 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 and this, and we need to get some money. Mm-hmm. So we're yeah. working on that. So I so I bring that up only because, I, yeah, I mean, it would be an honor, of course, to serve, to go home to the AMS, to a place that really brought me into math in lots and lots of ways with the JMM. But no, but no. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. Yeah. All okay. right. Thank I was you, just people. putting it out there. No, I appreciate that. No, yeah. no, no. So, okay. the, the time and a place for everything. This is not the mm-hmm. time and place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah. I, so, what, what does an ideal candidate look like? Right. Mm-hmm. Like, I just mm-hmm. for this position, I'm thinking. I don't know. I don't know what that is. But I, I know that somebody's listening from the AMS. Mm-hmm. I know that for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and mm-hmm. So. Yeah, mm-hmm. so know that we will be watching who the candidates are. And for me personally, I will be extremely critical of a track record. Oh, my God. A track record that is explicit and profoundly tied to uplifting every single person. And this also means at the highest level that there's some evidence that they put something on the line. Now, I know you're not going to get anybody mm-hmm. like that. 
right? Because what mm. is it? Because to, to sacrifice, because to sacrifice something and have all the accolades feels contradictory, right? right? Mm-hmm. But yeah, I need someone who who talks a good talk, right? Lots of people can do that, but also has that demonstrated somewhere. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, it's it's a big job, and lots of. Lots of candidates might apply. And it reminds me of the following. Mm. It's speaking about, you know, Women's History Month, that I'm interested to see what happens when we get, you know, the, the job ad. And, you know, there's a lot of research that says, you know, that when a woman sees a list of requirements for a position, mm. that, you know, a woman might have, like, satisfied perfectly nine out of the ten. But because there's that one tenth one, they may not even apply to the job. While men might have four out of the ten, and they're like, I'll learn the rest on the job. Yes. And so so there's also this this interesting opportunity to think about, you know, about how you write these job ads to make it so that a large number of people apply. So, yeah, so it got me to think about, you know, once we're thinking about applying for things, how that place differently depending on your gender identification. No, no, that's, that's and it also yeah. go ahead. Yeah, and it also leads me to think about, you know, the the season that we're currently on, which is yes. the hiring season. Yes, 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 yes. No, I, I want to say something about what you just said really fast about, you know, because when when people write a job ad, they don't want they want to make the job seem valuable, which means they want to make it seem like not anybody can get it, right? And so right. they write, you're going to have to do these 40 things. Now, I learned from Sade, you know, in season mm-hmm. one that yes. she helped me a lot that, you know, I can look at these things and it's not all those things and you only need 70% of them. But it's also true what you said that this is for a short gender because when I look at stuff, I'm like, oh, I'll figure that out. I, I literally mm-hmm. have said that in my head, right? Mm-hmm. And so to know that, that this is gender, that there are other people who are just like, I can't do that one thing, so I have to move on. Yeah, that mm-hmm. shocks. Like, I'm like, what? Yeah, no, because mm-hmm. it's not. Yeah, so I think finding this balance, because employers certainly want to say what they want the job to be, but they also have mm-hmm. to recognize that in doing so, a lot of times they're excluding people who can do the job, mm-hmm. but are mm-hmm. because of what they wrote, now they're just like, no, I mm-hmm. can't do that. Right. That's right. That's that's right. Yeah. They whatever they write might write off really qualified candidates. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, yes, yes. So, yeah, no. So this is hiring time. And like I've been doing some mentoring in that space for someone who is now on the market and is trying to reach out and do things and just trying to figure out how to navigate that. And I didn't realize and, and, and working with that person, I didn't realize, I went back into my own experience and was like, oh, I forgot how this was, right? Because now mm. they're, they're getting an offer and this person, and they're just like, well, wait, how do you have the conversation when you get an offer and it's your first one and then like you're waiting on other people? And yeah, so right. we had, so this past week we had this, you know, pseudo, and it was an informal offer, but from a very powerful person. And so the offer was from, the informal offer was, so it's almost a done deal, basically, because they have the power to Mm -hmm. just run it through. But it's one of these things where it's just like, how do you deal with the, you get a first offer and from someone powerful and you need to tell them to wait, right? Mm. 
And this person was just like, and rightfully so. And I remember I was the same way when I got my first offer from St. Lawrence University up upstate New York. And and I was just like, what? it was so early in the process. And it was just like, but wait, I need to, and I had no idea how to have this conversation, right? Because I at mm-hmm. that point, that coordinate for me was not filled, right? Mm-hmm. I didn't know mm-hmm. who to go talk to about jobs. And I mean, I, my advisor told me mm-hmm. to go apply, my advisor, but the strategy right. was completely nowhere to go. Yeah. So I, I'll, I'll put this up now for a discussion about first offer from someone important who says, do this now. I want you to accept this offer in end days. You need three end days. How do we have this conversation? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did that happen with you? Mm. I mean, that's or were your offers the, like the bunched together? I, no, they there there were times that I had to decline an offer. Oh, you had to say no. Actually, I was hoping. Yeah, wow. I was hoping that I would hear in time by the other place. Wow! And so that that happened quite a bit. I mean, I remember, you know, and, and I talked to Steve Kennedy, who, you know, was at Carleton, recently retired. And a few years ago, you know, he was like, you're the one that got away. And I, <laughs> I kind of cracked up because when I graduated, I, you know, I applied for a visiting position at Carleton and they gave me an offer for a one year position. Mm. And I was like, well, is it renewable? Like, what's up with this? But who are your mentors at this point? Like, who were, was anyone Jeb, were talking to anybody? my PhD advisor. Got it. Okay, okay, okay. Jeb, Jeb, okay. my PhD got advisor. It, it, it. And he's probably the first one to tell you that he's terrible at negotiating. So I don't think <laughs> I'm saying anything. <laughs> Anything that's not quite public knowledge. Sorry, Jeb, if you're <laughs> listening. <laughs> but yeah, so I, I had, you know, this this job offer from Carlton, and it was a one-year position. And, and you know, like, I loved it there. Like, I was like, they're wonderful. Like, I could see myself being here, not too far from home, being in Minneapolis, near near Minneapolis. And I, I tried. I tried so hard to negotiate. I was like, come on, like, at least give me a two-year thing. Like, yeah. one year is ridiculous, you know? Yeah, yeah. And And I was just waiting to hear from the West Point job because I knew that would be a three-year job and okay. it would be further from home, but it's a three-year job. And yes. I, I, at the end, like, they couldn't make the two-year thing work. And so I had to decline not knowing whether I had the the West Point job offer, got whether it, that was it. coming. Yes, and so it, it is difficult. It is, it is really just a very stressful time in one's life, having to make these life decisions when really you don't know. It's a gamble. You're like, yes. maybe the other one will come through or yes, not. Yes, yes. And then we'll see what the heck I do. Yeah. So, so I feel for this person, but this feels so different, right? This is somebody actually like, giving them a job yes. and being like, let's do this. And so it seems to me like there you have a lot of power. You really can leverage right. much more yes. because there is zero competition. Right, right. This is a right. different thing. This wasn't you applying to the pool, you know, and being picked out of, of 300 candidates. Right. This was somebody actually, it, it seems to me, and maybe yeah. I'm misunderstanding, yeah. but you said like somebody reached out to them and, yes. and could make a job happen right and so it's like yo at this point you hold the cards so you can be like i need three end days i need three end days yes because there isn't the job deadline to meet yes but so this person we don't know this when we're young right yes i was about to say this person wasn't even framing like they had the power they were worried that they were stringing this person along Mm, right, that they might be taking advantage that. of them and all of this. And then we have to talk about that this is part of the game. 
that this is, mm-hmm. yeah. And then again, I imagine mm-hmm. them without, you know, without mentors and thinking that and maybe not doing the right thing mm-hmm. and all of this stuff. This is again why we had the mentors. This person and I also had this conversation about just the perception from other people. Now, this ha- this comes up in the core a lot about, and it's one of our coordinates, mm-hmm. the family coordinate and how the people around oh, you yeah. are perceiving what you're doing when you're getting a PhD. And what we found is that this experience is very much different for white people and people of color and marginalized people. Mm. In the sense mm-hmm. in the sense that, and I've seen this over and over again in my life, that, you know, with my white friends, then when I say I'm sending back some money back to grandma or to Chi-Chi, my mm-hmm. aunt, they're just like, you're what? Or I mm-hmm. am doing, yeah, they're just like, or I've, I've seen them be yeah. like, yo, I'm putting such and such in a home and that's just the end of it. And it's just like, oh, okay, that's how, but right. I, I, I would, I, every single family member I had who was homebound was brought home. We brought the, we brought the yes. bed that would be in the home to our house and we saw them on mm-hmm. their way, right? So it's just this type, mm-hmm. so, I, so that there are cultural racial differences and how this operates. And so for my mentors out there, particularly my white mentors, understanding that family, for people of color, family is a legitimate coordinate, right? And that they're family mm-hmm. pressures, right? For, for this person, it comes up in the sense of their expectations of what it meant in terms of money, right? Like, mm. oh, so now you're finishing, you're getting your first job, give me that 160000 right? Or whatever, right? Ah! It's like, yeah, you're <laughs> laughing. No. No, it was like 100000 They were expecting six figures, right? And so mm-hmm. that was not happening. That's not likely. That's not, right? So it had me thinking about, again, you know, what people's expectations are about what we get when we're getting a PhD. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, and, and no, you're absolutely right. And I, I had that conversation, I remember, with my parents. And in fact, I, I had that conversation with Jeb. Like, I remember when I approached him and, and asked him if I could work with him, he said, how much is money important for you? Like, mm, how much money do you need to be making? He did. He wow. did. I mean, it, it, yeah. it is something like I, I vividly remember this conversation in the hallway, you know, and, and then I was like, no, I, I guess I don't need to make a whole lot of money. And then I said to him, wait, how much do you make? Right. <laughs> I love it. And, you know. I, I, you know, so it's like, that was, that was a conversation him and I had. And I remember he told me the number, you know, and it was public. He was like, our salaries, we're a public institution. Our salaries are publicly available. So you can go Google all the, you know, search for all the salaries for every professor. And so, you know, he told me what he made. And I was like, about that, that sounds right. Yes. Okay. And so I was like, I'm happy, you know, cause he was like, if you need to be making more than that, I recommend that you get a PhD in statistics. Yes. And I was like, God, no, I don't like statistics. <laughs> but yes. that's when yes, I was yes, like, yes. well, how much money do you make? Let's check the difference. <laughs> that's right. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, it's, you're absolutely right. Because I remember coming home and, and, you know, just talking to my parents about what it meant to get a PhD and the kinds of jobs that I could have after. And it was like, well, why can't you make more money? And I was like, this is this is not a lucrative career. Like, I know you hear doctor and and it's a very, you know, prestigious thing to hold. But it doesn't translate to dollars in the way that like a law degree would or a medical degree would. 
Yes. But I had to explain to them, you know, that there was other benefits to the job that are not financial. Yeah. And so when I sort of explained like some of those things, I think my parents were like, well, that's kind of sad. We hoped you were going to make tons of money and buy us cars and houses, you know? Yeah, right, right, but I was right, like, okay, oh, it's good. fine. Yes, yes, yes. You're, yes. you're going to be okay. You're not going to be a burden on us moving forward. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> so, so they were fine. But yeah, people, people cannot ignore this family coordinate and how that plays a role in, in whether young, you know, mathematicians of color take your job. Right. Now, this person also spoke with me about what another mentor had said about the starting salary. And so Mm -hmm. the starting salary was in dollars. And then Mm -hmm. the other mentor said, well, here, that's not livable. And I vehemently disagreed with that. I vehemently Mm -hmm. disagreed with that. And so I had to find. So when I was told that and that I was like, but wait, that amount, this location and then I started, I, I just verified, I looked at the numbers and, you know, you look at the cost mm-hmm. of living, you got the hundreds mm-hmm. in the middle, New York is 200, San Francisco's oh, no. uh, 180, mm-hmm. and this place was 100. Mm-hmm. The average cost of mm-hmm. living was, I mean, it was perfectly fine for the above average that this person was being offered. And so I just said politely, well, I think we might want to continue to talk to other mentors because particularly when someone says, how much money can you live on? That's such a subjective thing because... Yes. Yes, 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 yes. So I just reminded that person that continue to talk to your tribe of mentors about that particular thing, about whether that's enough to go on or not. So, but yeah, minoritymath.org slash get paid. Please go in there. We got a list there. We got a Google Sheets there where you can put in salaries, right? Because one of the things I learned from my sister, Dr. Harris, has been that we need to be way more transparent about our salaries. Way more transparent. Absolutely. Yeah, and let's be clear, because it's tied to our well-being as a people mm-hmm. of color. Because, again, that's a cultural thing sometimes. We just don't talk about mm-hmm. how much we make. So with my mentee, mm-hmm. I was just like, mm-hmm. here's how much I made. Here, like, you just have to say it. So right now, it looks like we got about 30 people, 30 salaries mm. in there. Right, mm-hmm. So let's go ahead and get more. MinorityMath.org slash get paid. Yeah. And again, people can post the salary and it's all anonymous. that they got. Yeah. Yeah. It's all completely anonymous. So, so you know, but you might have gotten, you, you might be on the job market right now. Mm-hmm. And you might be like, University X offered me this much. Yeah. And then, you know what? Somebody else might be, you know, you might have declined it because you took a different offer. And now the next person comes in and they're like, what the hell? Yeah. They offered me 5000 less. Yes. And so this is a service that we can do to each other, you know, for each other by sharing this kind of information and n- really not letting institutions kind of mess with Absolutely. us. Like, there's so much bias in this. And this is a service that you do also for women and gender minorities when we know that Latina women, Black women, we're making pennies to somebody yes. else's dollar. Yes. So yes, when yes. we tell you that there's a way that you can help, at least give us some information about what other people are Absolutely. deemed worthy of, Yes. then we have leverage to come back and be like, yo, I heard that you made an offer at this amount. That's right. Yes, so help right. us out, fill in the data in the spreadsheet. Again, completely anonymous. I yeah. think it's going to be a really good service for the community moving forward. Absolutely. Love it, love it, love it. Excellent, excellent. 5%? Oh my gosh. 
I I have started meeting some new people in the department and saying hello, learning people's names. It's still really hard because the department is so big. Yes, yes, yes. And also I'm used to just like hanging out with the same kind of people. And so that's been that's been a little bit challenging. So I'm still that's still like on my to do list. Yes. I don't think that it's ever going to go away being in a, a larger department with a lot of moving pieces and, and folks in and out all the time. But that's the one that I, I really need to just prioritize more than anything. Yeah, yeah. For me, you know, I've been on spring break. And what so I've, I've been on spring break, right? So I've been relaxing a little bit, but really thinking about how we, because it's the middle of the semester, how we come back. What do I say coming back for the large reset? Like, okay, we got this many mm-hmm. weeks left. Here's what we need to do. I think I'm going to put out, send out a feedback form. This is the perfect time for a feedback form. Tell me where you are, what you're feeling as this semester, as we, as we are on the back half of the semester and get some, try to create some momentum as we move towards the finish. Amazing. Well, we have some announcements. So like we said, we have this get paid website. So minoritymath.org slash get paid. Please use this as your 5% this week. Upload your position offer and your amount and let us know how much you're getting paid. We also have a program to announce. So Amigas, it stands for Applied Mathematics Skills Improvement for Graduate Studies Advancement. Week-long summer program for incoming second or third-year students in graduate programs in the U.S. Their goal is to support and train a new generation of mathematical sciences who work in applied and computational math. So they're really focused on increasing the number of women, especially those from historically excluded racial groups. The deadline is coming up very soon. That's March 19th. You can learn more at ipam.ucla.edu slash amigas. We've also announced the Latisum Scholarship. So please encourage your students to apply. That is due March 31st. So there's two to three scholarships up to $500 each. We hope to have more money in the future to hand out some more. And it's aimed at prospective and current undergraduate and graduate students. So we're really just trying to help with any costs. So this could be used for tuition, books, supplies. Really, it's just a nice little chunk of change Mm. for students to just make sure that they can keep on keeping on in their studies. Applications end at the end of the month, so March 31st, and you can learn more at latisons.org slash scholarships. We also have an upcoming fellowship for pre-doctoral students due May 15th. This is the Dr. Sylvia T. Bozeman Pre-Doctoral Fellowship from the one and only Mathematically Gifted in Black. So check out their information at their website, mathematicallygiftedinblack.com slash funding. That due date's even earlier. Yeah. May 15th. Is it earlier? May, May 15th. 15th. Yeah, that's coming yeah, up that's soon right. too. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Yikes. Excellent. Okay, so Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. I appreciate the time, sister, as always. get this money. That's right. <laughs> ditto. Ditto. Get this money. Get paid. Apply That's for these right. scholarships. Thank you, everybody. Yo, who are you? I am Pamela Harris. And I am Eris Winger. And you've been listening to Mathematically Uncensored, where our talk is real and complex. But never discreet. Lighter people. Bye. Bye.